0: So we're proud. alive and like we are a live. Hi, welcome to three people from yes. Texas after last week. Yes,
1: so we're we, not all, dead. we all survived. We're not dead, um, <laughs> but it's been, it it's was been a week a and now it's been a week of recovery and we're still not quite. And just to yet, let no. you know
0: how things were today, I am wearing a dress and I wore Birkenstock sandals when I went to go pick up my prescriptions. That's what the weather is like. Last week it was like twenty degrees out, and today it's chilly again.
1: Like yesterday, it was like in the seventies, and now we got it's another
0: chilly. But like for me, I'm like fifty degrees out. I'm still warm my sandals. Oh,
1: let's see if it gets down to seventy, I'm like no, no lizard, no like. No. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, I actually have a topic. I, mean, I have
0: opposite body like problems. She's always cold, and I'm always hot. So we can figure out how to make it together. Uh Today on our OOC, we are going to talk about the impact of streaming RPGs. Has had on playing RPGs, aka something that has been dubbed the Mercer Effect or the Matt Mercer Effect.
1: I am We're going get to read. So meta today. I am going to read.
0: What is the Mercer Effect? So people what? who do not know what that is.
1: What is the Mercer? Effect?
0: So Matthew Mercer is the Dungeon Master for Critical Role. The Mercer Effect is what people call it when fans of the show or any streaming RPG, specifically Critical Role, Taz, Dimension 20, all the ones that are like high tier professional level stuff, get into d d carrying the expectation that their sessions should be at least as good or similar to what they've seen on the show, not keeping in mind that the players seen on Critical Role specifically have years of experience in both Dungeons and Dragons and acting, aka they are professional actors. So that is what the Mercer effect is, is when people who have never played an RPG, they use D&D because they play D&D on uh, a Critical Role, have never played a D, uh, RPG, expect for them to show up, play D&D, now I'm doing it virtually, and for your sessions to be like Critical Role or again, Dimension 20 or the Adventure Zone or uh, High Rollers or all these other kind of higher tier uh, streaming shows what are your thoughts both tanya and annika on this before because tanya and i
2: can go off but
1: oh, i spent
2: the whole beginning of the stream having to sneeze and then blowing my nose so i wouldn't sneeze uh <laughs> wait for it so,
0: like, before tanya and i just steamroll this so, annika what are your thoughts
2: uh I will say 100 percent affected by it. I have and still am affected, and it's sad. <laughs> but affected it's, by how exactly? Well, um, just the way. Like, it's not in that I expect other people to. Like, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect Sarah to be like Matt Mercer because that's out of the question. But I will say that watching Critical Role and that effect. Has affected me and how I role play in in games and stuff for sure. It can have good. It it can be good and bad. And for me, I feel like it has affected me in a good way.
1: So, Tanya. So I um to to remind everybody, have been playing for two and a half ish decades. And yeah, I, I and yeah. I, and I and I I actually. Came to the whole podcast streaming thing late. I came in uh, for has halfway through the balance arc. Um, <clears throat> so I would say that because I had a lot of game history, um, I I didn't have that. I didn't. I personally didn't have that expectation that my dm was going to be like griffin or like matt or you know anybody else right because i'd had so many different dms that i already was like everybody's style is different including these people uh so in that in that sense it it didn't affect me what I will say is that it was a shakeup um, and to kind of piggyback off of what Annika was saying is that because I played so long and we've had this conversation before is that having encounters, you feel like, you know, there's a lot of deja vu and it gets to be kind of by rote. And, and even though you're having fun with friends, there's, it's not necessarily different or exciting And despite my having a theater background and really liking to role play, my, my, you know, my casual games were very casual where it was a lot of, you know, I cast this, I do this and roll for it. Right. Um, And so in that sense, in my case, the Adventure Zone, like re-energized my want to take it to a different level to make it not just about dice rolling but about role playing so that was the 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 big thing for me the positive part for me
0: so for me again i've been playing for a really long time like tanya and i've played more systems than just Dungeons and dragons which of course tanya's done as well we've both played in uh, white wolf's world of darkness stuff and um just various other systems as well i played a not star trek adventures but a different star trek, star trek RPG. RPG, all this stuff. So, same thing with Tanya. Like, I've been, you know, I played RPGs before streaming RPGs became a thing. So, again, I was lucky enough to both be a DM and have other DMs before the Mercer Effect became something that is what we now know it as. Um. So, uh, and I think, and I kind of, to agree with Tanya, is that is, um, I personally have never had to deal with the Mercer effect, meaning I've never had anybody say to me, but you don't do it like Matt, luckily, as a DM, even though I am very involved in the critical community, especially here in Texas, um, being one of the admins for the uh, Facebook group and hosting meetups and being part of the Austin Critters. And so I've found people to play in my games from that and just all that stuff. And so we have I haven't had uh, anybody say, but you don't do it like Matt. Um, So I've been lucky in that sense. Uh, And I don't think, um, and it sounds really weird, but I, I don't even think watching streams has affected my DMing or my playing because I think my playing has always been so RP story focused and that's always how my games have been that I'm just kind of like, I love these people. They're very good at this. Okay, I'm going to go make my game. You know, like it's one of those things where it's like just having that enjoyment of media. That's how I see it. And it kind of, it almost baffles me to even think that the Mercer effect is a thing because I, I, I guess because I have been playing for so long that it, it just makes sense to me that people would just think, oh yes, like Tonya said, everybody's game is going to be different. Your DM is going to have their own style. But I guess people who don't have as much of an exposure when you when when your your tunnel is this wide and that's all you can see, that's all you can expect. But when you widen out that tunnel and you see all of the things, you're like, "Oh, it can be this, 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 and this so um I have a lot of feelings about this, and i but I am trying not to just go on a spiel so um one thing that I would like to also read uh, is Matt Mercer responded to this, uh, saying, guys, relax, your DM is kicking ass. So it's about, it was the post on Reddit. Uh, and this is for your enjoyment. Um, I appreciate that listen, build with them and make something unique, like talking to players who are expecting him. Um, just, it says, abandon expectations and just have fun together as friends. And then he also says, seeing stuff like this kind of breaks my heart. Uh, regardless, the matter of the... F- uh, the fact of the matter is our style of play is just that our style of play. Every table is different and it should be. If they just want to copy what we do, that's not very creative, nor what makes the game makes the game magic at the table. So, like, those are actually, like, Matt's words that he typed in on Reddit two years ago, responding to things about the Mercer effect. Um, it, What else would you, like, any, any other, like, thoughts, like, about your, your game being your game? Uh, Tanya, Annika, who wants to go on that? Your game is your game. It's something that I said when Tanya and I did that that interview Friday, uh, interview with somebody who was uh, doing a documentary, something with their master's degree about uh, women in D and D. And I said, the best RPG for you to play is the RPG that you are having fun in.
1: Yeah, yeah. The we'll RPG we'll be we may be in a documentary soon. Keep we'll we'll keep you apprised of yeah. that. Not yes. that clip though, not that clip because we were unbathed, barely yeah. had electricity, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I wiped myself down with body wipes and dry shampoo. Like it that was- that's um, like, I don't have water um that I can bathe in right now,
1: so yay, Texas. So yay, Texas. um yeah, so I I will say this. I think that it's really interesting um playing with um, especially uh, much younger people, people younger than me, um, and and people about my age who've been playing or people who've been playing about as long as I have, is that um, for us older gaming folks, right? When we come to a table, um, like we might talk about how we like enjoy the show or did you catch this episode and oh, what happened? But there's not a lot of us, comparing ourselves except in that like i really like this thing that they did and i might try to incorporate it because i i appreciate it so much but even that's kind of rare um and that it's it's talked about more as like you would at, like, a show you're watching like yes. you're super invested in wandavision that's me um you know like whatever like that's i feel yeah. like how how if, we, we talk about
0: it. To be consumed and then being like
1: and then, right, and then talk about it and get excited mm-hmm. or whatever. But I hear a lot of younger people or people who are very new to gaming talk about their character inspirations coming from these shows, um, their play style coming from these shows, um, and that kind of thing. And that's that's a disconnect for me because that's yeah, that's not a thing that's happening. Because um, It's I,
0: basically me and Tanya like, agreeing on stuff and then going, Annika, what are your fans? And then Annika, what are you <laughs> –
2: uh, well, I watched The Adventure Zone before I played any Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I didn't even play Dungeons & Dragons. I played Pathfinder, and my DM was just like... <laughs> well, deep. no, my DM was like, the world is your oyster. You do anything you want. And I was like, cool. So we made, like, crazy characters and stuff. And then, and then I started playing d d and my first real game was with a group of friends. And then at that point, I still hadn't fully committed to watching critical role it took me three tries to get through the first episode of campaign two
1: (laughs) i hey i did it the hard way i started with campaign one yeah no
0: all right (laughs) i started with campaign one during campaign
1: one okay fair i feel like if it hadn't been completed i i feel like if i didn't feel like i had so much to catch up on like i probably would have gotten to it (laughs) I'm old lady. I'm like I watched Campaign One live. That was like five years ago. Five years ago when they started. Jesus Christ! I watched A New Hope when it was actually new. Yeah, it wasn't a New Hope. It was Star, Star Wars it's Hope. Oh, but, but
2: yeah. yeah, I just did that, and it's a hundred percent affected how I play and how I DM for sure. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I don't really. There's not much. Yeah, is, I there, is, say.
0: There, is, there, is there something specific you can point out to say like, like it's affected how you play because either Taz to, or critical role or anything else you watch? Like, if you're like, if there is there somebody's style that you're like, oh, I can find myself doing that, like Laura or like Marisha or like Liam or whatever it is.
2: Oh, Liam, hundred percent. When I play, when I play any spellcaster, it's a hundred percent. I wa- I'm like watching Liam, and I'm like, this is good. This is fun. <laughs> So, yeah, but when I DM, actually, like, when I, the game that I DM now, it's like, I had actually gotten into Critical Role, I'm on episode 20 now, guys, I'm not on episode one anymore, Um, I'm getting there, guys, Uh, and so, uh, really... Like aspects of what Matt does, I'm like, yes, this is good. And then some of the stuff he does, I'm like, no, I don't like that. So the stuff that I think is good, which I don't remember exactly, I incorporate that shit. Um, and then when I'm like, I don't like how you do things like that. It's like we're not going to do it that way. I don't. I'm not stickler to rules. <laughs>
1: so this is the thing that I wanted. I wanted to bring up because, um, I, and I'm going to keep mentioning. Um, Taz and, and critical role because they're the ones I'm most familiar with, and I think they're the ones that most people are most familiar with. Yeah. Um, but they are they are great, they are great at looking at a certain dichotomy because on one side you have Griffin, who is like the story Uber Alice. Like um, these are guidelines, and we use this as a platform to collaboratively create our own story. And if like the rules don't really work for the story right here, been, Tur- turn it yeah. into
2: a new game like Stolen Century when he just made up a whole game for that whole thing. Right, he just
1: made up something, and they were all okay. They were like, yeah. "For this one thing, great. we're going to do something completely different." And so that's the like the the like we use this as inspiration and guidelines side of it, and then you have the what's it's typically known as uh, rules as written right? And there's a whole thing that we could get into about rules as written and rules as interpreted, <laughs> um, and that you're much more into the prescriptiveness of the game, which does provide quite a lot of framework and, um, you know, balances the game out and adds a lot of that extra dimension. So like there are games, for instance, so like uh, in our home games, uh, we never have, um, we never use. Alignment, we just don't. It's not a thing. A lot of people will like get rid of um, various spell components. Like you don't necessarily have to pay for spell components or whatever because it it can get clunky and get in the way.
0: Yeah, I also very much. It's for me as a DM, it's like spell components. If it's an or like something that's very easily gettable. If it's arrows, spell components, bullets, and that ammunition, if you can find it or make it. You don't have to worry about it. It's the big ticket items. If it's something that has a gold price next to it, that's like 300 or more. Those are more difficult to find. Those are the only things I'm concerned about. If you need a pearl with 100 gold for identify, you can keep using the same damn pearl. It doesn't say consumed upon use. But like Revivify, Raise Dead, Resurrection, all of these big level spells that like diamond worth 300 gold, diamond worth 1,000, 10,000 gold, you know, all of these, these things. It's mostly diamonds. I don't know what it is with Wizards of the Coast and diamonds, but they really like them. Um, but like if it's a big thing, but if it's like you need a pinch of fleece and some copper wire, I'm like, oh my god, those are real easy to get. You need mushrooms and bat guano. Go to the forest and get some damn bat guano. Like
1: done. You know, that'll Annika's okay. character in my campaign and those two things will just fall right out. So yeah. um that's a whole side thing. So but here's the thing that I, I kinda want I kind of want to point out is that I think that people then get locked in and they're like Griffin does it the right way or Matt does it the right way. And I think the important thing is to understand that they are both doing it the right way for their campaigns, for their tables, for their players. And we keep coming back to this. We talk about it in the OOC all the time is communicate at your table. Uh, Somebody. So I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for um, for TTRPGs and Dungeons and Dragons specifically, and I'm in one that's very specifically for women and femmes. And one Which, thing that you pops up that to me because you keep talking I know about how it. are you I know I'm terrible. I don't know I'm like what Facebook group is this? It's the mystery one. Um, so wait, wait. one of the things that gets posted a lot uh, for women who are DMing is like there was a um, a woman who posted that she's not a first time DMer but she is now going to be DMing for a group that is almost entirely new players and that she, for the first time feels really nervous about that game because they're coming to the table with a lot of different expectations and that, um, and then conversely that somebody is uh, playing a game for the first time with a bunch of old players and they're very nervous about that because again, what if they, they're too lenient on rules and people don't like that? Well, this is the thing that I think busts through the Mercer effect. And it boils down to our mantra of communicate is when you are the DM, tell everybody, this is my style. This is the kind of campaign that I plan on running, right? Um, and then as a player, you could be like, that's a thing that I'm into, or that's not really what I want to do. I'll go, I just won't do this game. Maybe I'll do a different game or something. But to basically communicate and be like, I am I am a raw DM or I'm a pirate. <laughs> like,
0: you know, well, like I had some new people that were that were new to D Um, I met one of the people uh, through uh Austin Critical Role community and she had some friends that wanted to try DD. She they she and one of the other players uh, watch Critical Role, but the people that, that also wanted to try it were, uh, they were all members of the same uh, WoW guild, and they had wanted to try D&D. And so I said, okay, I'll DM for you. Uh, this is the game that I got to DM for somebody in Australia, which was really fun. So, like, it would be Saturday afternoon for us, but, like, he would be waking up on Sunday morning, like, drinking his coffee, like, okay, it's time to play D&D. Um, and, uh, and I said, "Okay, I'll DM with you." I said, "This is what my DM style is going to be." I was like, "You guys are pretty much all new to D anD D, for the most part." I was like, "You guys can play any, almost any racer class. You know, you're starting out at level one, so no gunslinger yet. If you want to be a fighter, to you know, da da." I said, "I said, but for the most part, I'm pretty much going to keep you guys on the rails. If you guys know what this is, keeping on rails versus sandbox. On the rails is basically like you're going here, you're getting this mission, you're doing this thing, and you have like one point A to point B to point C to point." f open sandbox is point a to point purple and you've got point you know z there's also a triangle somewhere way over there i was gonna say triangle (laughs) (laughs) sandbox is very non-euclidean there's lots of parabolas and like you know going all over the place but on the rails is like okay you're going to do this and generally with people that are very very new to the game i keep people on the rails for like at least to level Two or three. I'm like, okay, you're going here, and you're getting this guild contract, and you're going to do this and this very. And I lay the plot points that are like very easy to pick up. Like, here is this big hint, aka go pick that up, kind of thing. Or very, I like literally give a handout that says, go here, talk to this person. Like, you know, letting it go. But for for Yas, uh, because people have played D and D for so much longer, I had a little bit of like on the rail stuff. But I had points i had different places for them to go at different times if they'd chosen to go different places at different times the first game was very on the rails i was like there because you got to start somewhere especially for a narrative i was like there's a comet and it there's a meteor i'm like they're pretty much gonna i'm like guaranteed these people are gonna go check this we out ignore like, it. yeah and i would have been like cool then how do you guys meet damn it um, <laughs> And after that, it's i was like,
2: like hey, it's 22. like when they all wanted to just avoid me and i was like god damn it come to where i'm at you, know, <laughs> guys, I'm not put you guys on the rails when you've talked about going to the
0: last portal for five games and now you're talking about not going there there are some things that i have as a dm that i expect you to do and follow through with what you've been talking about for five friggin games is one of them because i literally set up because new character there I didn't care if you went in. You could have just called the Emerald Protectors. You didn't have to go in, Mechanis, But you had to go to the portal. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to go in. But anyway. Um, so, like, I, I very much have to say this is my style of play. And um, one thing, again, Tanya talks about is communication. I'm like, uh, and if I'm, like, deeming a new group or whatever, one of the other things I'll do is, like, my first send out is the RPG checklist, a.k.a. the consent checklist. So um, that's one of the first things. I, that's also how I introduce myself. I said, "Hi, I'm, I'm Sarah. I'm you know, if you want, I'm doing your DM. This is how I like to DM. This is what I like to do. And here's a consent checklist. And I think that's a very good like baseline of like if that's something that comes along with your descriptor of yourself as a DM, and you get some kind of either the the RPG, the the consent checklist, or Or just even saying, if you have any issues with anything, please let me know privately if that's something that, just like letting people know that, you know, communication is important. But one thing that I will like to say is, one thing that these streaming shows have done is, um, aside from like what we've been talking about, mostly the big two with the, the Adventure Zone and Critical Role, is there are some other RPG shows out there. One of my favorites, where's Aerie? Because Aerie and I can talk about Dimension 20 forever, because it's
2: so i follow dimension th- 20 on tiktok so i get right. all the clips of stuff now and it's oh,
0: oh my god it's it's amazing all of the dimension 20 stuff fucking blows my mind oh hey. um anyway but it also um has like um you get to see um stuff like i also watch la by night which is a vampire the master masquerade stream um and then um stuff uh like Rivals of Waterdeep, which is an all uh the campaign that's all people of color. And um they also a lot of newer players in that as well. Um oh, what's the bard game that Satine Phoenix plays in with the Christina Ariel? I can never remember it. Um, there's games like Broadswords, which is all women and you know, Dungeons and Dads and all these other games. But what it's done is I've noticed this is something that I personally has no, have noticed as a DM, uh, is when Marisha When she guest started, uh, did the honey heist games for Critical Role, she used a lot of props, like actual props, like game within game props. And that's something that I do as a DM. That's something that even before watching Marisha do it, that's something if you play in my one person games, you know, I show up, Tanya can tell you. We did a kids on bikes game, and I showed up with juice boxes and granola bars and notepads, and I was like trying to get everybody in the like 1980s, early 90s feel of it. And uh, I've done that with like I give out gifts to my players where it's like, and Ari can tell you this, um, she was given a uh, a lock picking kit, and it was I just I, I literally gave Ari a manicure set from Dollar Tree. I was like, here's your lock picking kit. She was like, oh my god. And so, like, I like to give things out. I literally, in the middle of Dragon's Lair, set up a carnival, like a little carnival where they were playing t- ring toss. So they didn't roll dice. They literally threw the ring to do the ring toss. And that's something they've actually noticed a lot of is people who are, like, more thin, like, either identified or oriented, tend to have a little bit more of an interactive, like, prop-based DMing style of, like, here's a game within a game with, you know, here's this, this, you know, here's giving out, handing out things where people that are a little bit more mask identified generally just kind of stick to story, which is there's no wrong way to do it. It's just something that I've noticed. And I would not have necessarily known that had they not been streaming, had I not been able to watch these other femme DMs and the way they, or GMs or storytellers, whatever it is as, as the way that they, and I'm like, Oh, I'm not the only one who does this because for a while I'm in the middle of dragon's lair and everybody else, it's like, I'm sitting there at a table with five other femme identified folks playing Dungeons and Dragons, and everybody around, there's mixed tables, but most of the other DMs are men. And here I am, I'm like, hey, sorry, and I'm like, setting up a ring toss, and I I brought in pies. Like, I brought in miniature pies, because there was a pie-eating contest. Like, and people were like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? But my players were having a blast, and that's all that mattered to me. I was like, I didn't care what the looks that I got at Dragon Slayer, and I was like, also, yes, you are jealous that your DM does not bring you fruit trays. like yeah i that's what i do i call myself dungeon mom i'm like literally like you guys need food okay we're gonna have food like you're gonna have a family dinner okay well here have some pie like
1: anyway, I, that's I, a will say, I, I will say it. that it's can i put you down or are you still needing okay so okay. the it's a rare tinky, <laughs> rare tinky spotting um the rare tinkerbell what? was on last
2: episode of the ooc
1: are you are you taking over for sister? You, just the O C. Take your just right. like just oh, the OC. Yeah, no one gets to see you during the actual show. So um I I was gonna say uh, talking about other um other games that we watch. So um I have uh, y'all have seen uh, Mike on our show. Mike has um, has a show on uh eight nineteen entertainment called Nuked, which is based on um, his a uh, post-apocalyptic fantasy game of the same name. And everybody there everybody there, sort of like, dresses like cosplays as their character a bit, which is a thing that um, my friend Paolo Gavanzo, who has a show uh, called uh, um, Nat 21 Adventures, <laughs> um, they also dress up and like, have a bunch of kind of fun things. And I think this 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 is a thing to kind of loop it back around is that if you if you are only if you're only listening to Taz and you're only you know watching Critical Role or you're only watching Dimension 20 or whatever, then then, you know. Like Sarah was saying, this is kind of your very myopic window into the yeah. world of television. Is a thing, but, guys. Right. But watch, watch a bunch. Watch a bunch because you will totally see that there are every show is totally different. Every show has their own and, style, and you
0: might not click with every show. Every show <laughs> might not click with you. You might be like, right. mm, either you're not into or, the DMing style, or the story isn't clicking with you, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But the point is. Uh, experiment, and I'm not going to try to sink cold porter, but um, try things. As like try to watch different things, but also try different things as a player and as a DM. Like it never hurts to try.
1: Yeah, I and this is so. These are things going back to the positive things that yeah. that the effects are having is that if you if you do get to see things, they are things that you get to try. But I want you to try them and see if you like. Feel comfortable with them, not try them because you think you have to emulate them. Um, And one thing that we do that we've talked about here with Yas is that we want our show. So our show is far less professional. Nobody here is professional actors despite some of us having some theater background. We don't have professional equipment, we don't have big backers, We don't have like
0: production that. companies.
1: We don't have a production company. We're a we want- production company, guys. We are. <laughs> <Guyana> is our <laughs> production company. <laughs> so, like we want you to understand like when you watch our show, it might not have the spit and polish of these other shows, but it's honestly a bit closer to the kind of thing that you're going to experience at your own table. And we want, because again, our mantra is we want everybody to be enjoying these games. We want everybody to be giving these games a try because these games are for everybody. And we want people to get a more realistic feel for, for what it is. Um, But um, I think the biggest thing that these, uh, these big name, uh, podcasts and YouTube shows and such have brought is a whole bunch of new players like the explosion it, of players it,
0: it, it is huge. it makes my heart so happy
1: so you would think that we might be a little good off my lawn um, we've been doing this for so long and then you showed up um, but no and here's why <laughs> the more voices you have at the table the more interesting your game Period. Um, because everybody's got insight, has got experience, has got their own spin, their own creativities, uh, their own strengths. And when you've got, when it's starting to get very homogenous, it's just, it is boring, right? Because everybody's playing the same way, everybody's thinking about it the same way, everything, everybody's expecting the same things. Um, and you're not growing it's you're not getting any really new ideas you know it's like what if instead of a hydra we had a wyvern well i mean okay but like when you bring all these voices and now you have people who are like you know oriental ventures kind of kind of crap why don't we kind of create our own thing right um tieflings can be any number of of colors um like homebrew has really exploded yeah. Um, just the term homebrew is very new, um. relatively speaking. um. And that's because of all these new people coming to the game. And I would love to think that us old timers have just made the game seem that exciting. But I know it's not us. Uh. <laughs> there's always so many
0: stories you can tell about your D&D game before you're like, all right, grandma, it's that story. There's like that meme of like where you're like, when we played DD and my character died and everybody cried, they're like, okay, grandma.
2: And I was like, yeah, a right. Like, and, uh, and now we're done. <laughs> it's,
0: super that, it's super that meme. And you're like,
2: okay, I feel like that. Also, but my next oh, thing. Oh, I was also yeah. going to say that TikTok, the Dungeons and Dragons TikTok tag, it's great if anybody has TikTok. There's a bunch of people on there that just give you tips on like stuff that you wouldn't think about too and it's not the same as streaming but it's just a bunch of dms and players just posting like the minute long that you can do on tiktok about anything and oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah it's and so everyone Anika will like send us those tiktoks like on our group chat there's and all of us who aren't annika are like this is really cool this is really great but, like i don't have tiktok so i'm like that's all that's the only time i'm ever gonna see it is if annick affords it to me there's, Less, sp- there's one that i saw out there
2: called tiktok was one that friend. i saw where a guy was talking about how he rolls death saves the dm rolls death saves for his characters so that no one knows whether or not the character's gonna die and he's like it adds that suspense i want and i'm like dude <laughs> i would die
1: i'm having heart palpitations <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, this is also of different DMing styles. Like, yeah. like, I, have, I have a DM, or I've, I've seen people that are like DMs that require their players to give them their character sheets or whatever it is. Like, I need a copy of your character sheet after you level up. I need a copy. I need to have it. I have never been like that as a DM. I'm like, you, if you are playing this game, you should be at, at some level of competence to keep track of your own shit. And I trust you to do that. Do not expect me as the DM to keep track of all of your things. I will tell you something. I have my own notes and I might, if I'm feeling magnanimous, go back and look them up. But I expect you, if I'm like, you found this magical item or you found you found this rock that looks like a tree and you're like, okay, rock tree, whatever. And if you go back through your notes two years later and you're like, what the frick does rock tree mean? Then that's on you, man. I forgot I gave it to you. Like... Whatever it is, I'm like, I have some sort of expectations for me to say, okay, and like, look up your stuff. If you're new to the game, of course, I'll explain things to you. But I expect even if you don't have the player's handbook or whatever, I've probably as a DM sent you something. I've sent you the basic rules. I've sent you the link to the trove um, where you can find all of these, any information. I've made a copy of it for you. So if you're like, what does this class skill mean or whatever? I'm like. My dude, I read it, I understand it, but you got to know your own shit. Like, I have, I as a DM am very much like, I am not a helicopter DM as far as things go. I'm not a helicopter dungeon mom. I'm more of a free range dungeon mom where I'm like, here are your parameters, be home by dark. Kind of like my style of like DMing of like, here, go have fun, but make sure you're back home safely for like to wash up and go to bed. Like, you take care of your own meals. You, you can do it. You're fine. Yeah. And, but the other reason I like to do that is because I don't want to be the only arbiter of D&D for people in their life. So I want people to have the books themselves and figure their own shit out. Because it's a little bit more of a critical thinking kind of thing. As far as like, as like I could tell you what I think the rule means or how I think that class skill is interpreted. But I would rather you read it, look at it, and go, this is how I think it works. And then tell me why you think it works that way. And then I will probably be like, okay, let's do it. Because it's it's that teacher kind of mentality of figure it out yourself. If you need help, I'm here to help you. But you have the you have the resources, go read them, look at them, or or watch a video or whatever it is, and come back to me and then we can still work on it. Like that's kind of my thing as a DM. I'm like Tanya and Annika can tell you that like you kind of free range as a character. I'm like, you can play whatever. These very small parameters you have. There's no guns in this world, so you can't be a gunslinger. Unless you have a very compelling reason for explaining to me why you invented guns.
1: Um, this is my boomstick. Do, yeah. I
2: just one day I want a DM to roll those death saves for me because I want to feel that suspense in a game You want to day. feel that suspense? I want to one that, day. I, I, that's that one like, accepted.
0: Me as a DM, I'm kind of lazy. I'm like, no, nah, you can do yourself.
1: I feel like it would fit really well in our new game. It would. Game we should ask the rest of our players if
2: they're okay with
1: that. And yeah, try it. I made the rules. I'm the dungeon mom now. Yeah.
0: So, um, um, thing- oh Sonia,
1: go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I actually I wanted to to come back around to the 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 diversity because that's that's a big thing that we like to talk about and how these these games are increasing the diversity at game tables. How podcast, like, basically how the podcast effect, the, the yeah. RPG podcast effect, not just the Matt Mercer effect. Yeah. Not putting it all on Matt.
0: Yeah. Um, I did mention, like, like I said, uh, yeah. Strong, uh, uh, broadswords, uh Rivals of Waterdeep, and there's a few other games like Dungeons into Asians, there's a Native yeah. d there's um there's a Drag Queen D&D, Queens of Adventure. So you've got if there's like a niche group that you are a part of or that you enjoy, there's probably a group of those people playing RPGs on the
1: internet. I do. I see people in the group like always asking to be like they're like, I love this game, but I would really like to like see a bunch of like women playing or like whatever. And I'm like, it's out there. Um, but I think what's great is that means that um the 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 behind the not in front of cameras tables, you know, everybody else's tables um, are, are becoming um, more inclusive. And I think that's great. Um, and it's bringing, for me, multivocality is one of the things that strengthens everything, everything. I don't care if it's like your HOA, I, if it's your museum, uh, if it is your if it is your D D game, having more stakeholders from different, just different backgrounds, and more difference is better, gives you such um such a rich amount of soil to plant ideas in because it's um you know because you you have a way of thinking and you you you're not going to break out of that until somebody goes hey but. What about, right? Uh, and I, that's, I think, the thing that I like best that has come out of the explosion uh, of popularity in RPGs and D&D in particular is that the fantasy worlds, um honestly all the worlds, are starting to be far more reflective of the diversity in our own worlds. And that... Hands down for me is the, the best the best bit. I'm trying
0: to find the name of this damn show. I'm gonna find it, you guys. I will find it.
1: I feel like it. that. Somebody should figure out all the names of all the shows we have talked about. Say, someone, someone should uh, uh, put a bunch of links.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'll
1: do that. Someone, um, yeah. <laughs>
2: So I still love my idea to do a podcast with like the random ass D like random ass D and D characters. Okay, that so make this no is a sense.
1: complete aside. So, <laughs> well, we gotta do us, something
2: to fill the void while Sarah's looking for this. So, right.
1: So, some of us have a very unhealthy attachment to character creation, yeah, and create entirely too many characters that nobody wants in their games. <laughs>
2: So speaking of, like <laughs> Lars and I with our goblin and fearbulg named Orlock
1: and the Wiz Orlock like and the Wiz. <laughs> and so Annika has like this idea that it's like let's well we don't want to spoil it honestly <laughs> but it's a great idea for basically yeah. how to have all these like kind of off the wall like unusual unwanted characters get their get their get their time get their day. If Adam
2: says yes and we can do this. I will
1: cry. Oh. It'd be easier to edit than a video. I'll buy him like a couple of gallons of ice cream and <laughs> I'm
2: just because it's easy a podcast is easier to do than editing a video. Just say it. Not that I don't like editing yas, but editing a podcast, it's just
1: voice. This is this is behind the scenes, everyone. Like <laughs> Some shows do not have other people editing. Some people don't pay editors
2: to edit. It's just one person who also records the whole thing and has to remember to upload the OOC, which I was supposed to upload yesterday, but I just now uploaded
1: it during this. Can I just say, like, the past two weeks have been the longest friggin' year.
2: Yeah, now I kept forgetting, like, I even wrote it in my journal to upload the OOC yesterday. And after I had finished, well, after I turned in all my schoolwork, I closed my journal and forgot to look at it for the rest of the day. For two
1: hours yesterday. Two hours. Two whole hours yesterday. I thought it was Monday. Nice. So.
2: <laughs> so my mom just said, it's March soon, but March was last month.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if, that's 20, <laughs> if
2: that's 2020 in a nutshell. Right, Wait. <laughs>
1: That I, that felt right. I had to look at the date like on my computer because I was like, that could be right. Oh no! Um, oh, yeah. So I would, I would, I would. I want to ask. I want to ask you, as the new, the newcomer, how has starting with listening to Taz and then coming to the games. How do you, and then learning from people who have been playing for a long time, like what, like kind of, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how has that, are those like two very different messages or does it all blend into one gumbo? Like, how's that, how's that going for you?
2: Oh, the reason I'm chaotic when playing is because Taz was so chaotic because I've only watched or listened to Balance and Balance, the beginning of it's so chaotic because
1: none of them know how to play D&D either. <laughs> but this is what I love. Okay i'm gonna I'm gonna have a like this is my love letter to taz um bit, right I loved that because when when you see a lot of these other shows, it's people who have been gaming, usually for a long time, and taz like we roll up to this family's kitchen table, right? It's just three brothers and their dad sitting around a table, and we're all like flies on the wall watching them learn to play this game and one of the things was everybody uh, not everybody but a lot of people I talked to say it took them a while to get into it because the first you know three four um episodes were so awkward and I'm like I'm gonna tell you this as a person who has been gaming for longer than you have been alive that is legit even for people who have been playing a long time, your first few uh, sessions, even with people you know really well, are awkward AF because nobody really knows. Like, you have a co- character concept, right? But how you play it hasn't really come to you yet, right? That's literally what Adam was saying yesterday during our yeah. game. <laughs> he was like, stop <laughs> making this role play. We don't know what we're doing. Says a man yeah. who's been playing longer than me. Yeah. Um, I thought I was like, but I watched a role play. Um, but yeah, that they're all very awkward because you're you are not sure yet. You're just not. Um and I think that there was something so like with critical role season one, right? They've already been playing together for years, and that campaign had already been going for a couple of years, right? So you're like in the middle of it. They already know their characters really well, they know the story really well, they know the context really well. Um, and so it feels like oh you sit down and everybody's just epic and really great at first, right? And even for season two, like it's they had it's, but, it's the again. sirens, the sirens. Oh, the that's sirens. It.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> Phoenix is the GM, uh, Vivid Vivka, Cynthia Marie, Christina Ariel, and then are this the sirens, and then they have a few other guest stars. That's what it is. Found it. Sorry. Continue, Tanya. The sirens. It'll go on our list. It was um, literally
1: breaking my brain. So when you when we start in season, at the beginning of season two, they've actually already had a couple of games where they, as their individual little groups, had their little backstories. So they, again, already kind of got that awkward getting started, um, like, time like before they were in front of cameras. And I just want people to know that just about every campaign, no matter how long you've been playing, no matter how long, how well, you know, the other people at the table is like trying to get a car started when like you have forgotten how to put like that you forgot to put oil in it. Right. <laughs> Check the oil in a while. Like it clonks. It really clonks. And it's okay, and that's just one of the things I really like if people start um, with Taz, starting at the beginning, and getting through those first four really awkward episodes, because, sweet Jesus, that, that is TTRPG. Like, those, those episodes really felt so real to me. Um, now, weirdly, I did not start on episode one of Balance. Um, you started my in very the middle dear- of amnesty, right? Um, no, I um, I they had. I don't even think they had. F- oh yeah, no, I think they maybe had wrapped balance by the time I got into because it. But I my-
2: say that you like got in there. And they were talking about like monsters and stuff, and you were yes, really confused. Right. So you were in the middle of amnesty. amnesty.
1: <laughs> my very dear friend Sean uh had been telling me forever that I needed to listen to this show, and um they were live they were doing a live show so he got he got us tickets to go afterwards and he so was like, you guys- should take taken annika
2: that was also it's- because he told me he's like i should have taken you <laughs> because i had no idea i
1: want you to picture it like like this is it's one of their one-offs so it's after balance is wrapped but it's the balance characters right and it's one of their candle nights campaigns right and i have legitimately no idea what's happening Right. All I know is that there's gaming going on on stage, but I know none of the end jokes. And poor Sean was having to, like, explain to me why people were walking around dressed as giant squid and stuff like this. Like, I did not get it. But then I was like, I want to get it because they were so personable. Like, I want to get these jokes. And so I started and then they were so smooth and so funny and such actually really good role players like they really yes and and were like listening and talking and and keeping a good pace and I was like man these people are good and then I went and listened to the first episode of balance and was like oh my god (laughs) they are so bad at this game (laughs) Well, like, because the only person who had actually played
2: any form of Dungeons & Dragons was Travis. It was Travis,
1: who played, it he was played like third, twice one.
2: Yeah, it was he third edition. <laughs> and it wasn't even fifth edition, he played, like, third edition. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's so and oh funny. my third Jesus. But yeah, that's, I, I want to say that typical gameplay is very messy. Oh, yeah. Um, and not everybody, here's the thing, not everybody is... At the same level of role playing, not everybody can or wants to do voices. Not everybody comfortable actually doing the role play, right? So you're going to have people who might be like having accents and getting really getting into the role play, and then you've got somebody at the same table who's like, "I I roll I I cure wounds roll yeah. seven. That say not up. calling anybody there are out. The
0: first, third third-person players, the people that say. I take my axe out and I rush yep. up to the lock and I bash the lock in and I uh, describe it. And then you have the people that say, my character, whatever character's name is, we're going to call the character Chef. Chef goes up and 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 uses his axe to break down the door. Like, you're going to have different levels of, or, or you're going to have the person that's, like, uh, the, their person that's just like, I go up and break down the door. Or the person that's like, Chef takes out his axe, still bloody from battle, two days of, you know, whatever it is. And like, you're going to have a different level of role play and descriptive from all of your players and it's 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 actually that's another thing that Tanya was talking about having different players playing different types of ways at the table actually makes it really interesting.
2: it's like yesterday when one of our one of our npc got injured and Tanya's like okay what do you guys do and I was like I look at our cleric and I simply
1: say you're the cleric yeah, because the cleric was like, I, I look at Annika's character and, Anika and was, was like, like You're I work back the
2: Because I was like, I literally, as a druid, I was like, guys, just so you know, I'm not a healing druid. I did not prep cure wounds, and I never will.
1: (laughs) But if you want mushrooms or giant nuts filled with water, I'm your person. Yeah, I was
2: like, I'm never going to do cure wounds. I'm never going to use that
1: spell. Sorry. I love, I love, I also have to say about this game, one thing, two things that cracked me up was Adam. In character, trying to assess what everybody's combat capabilities were was hysterical. Because <laughs> um, after the
2: fact, everybody's like, oh, I do have a Because oh, yeah. He
1: was like, he was like, um, you know, since we're here to be uh, protecting this wagon, because, you know, everybody starts off as a wagon guard um, if you don't start off in a tavern. Uh, and he's like, so I'm, you know, I feel like we should we should figure out how, like, we're all strong. I'm good, you know, for up close fighting. Do we have any distance flight? And everybody's, like, looking at each other. And it was like, no, I don't think so. And then, like, five minutes Three, later, like, we we'll moved on. About, like, two, two people day- were like, oh,
2: I have a crossbow. Yeah, literally, like, two days into the journey, people were like, oh, I have a crossbow. <laughs>
0: Where was that crossbow hidden? The other thing that I was talking about is um, the other thing is uh, talking about not only the diversity of players that have started um, playing the playing games because of podcasts and uh, actual play streams and stuff is um, the diversity of the games people are playing. Yep. Because most of these people are watching shows like like Dimension Twenty and Taz and Critical Role and stuff like that, and the main games played in those are Dungeons and Dragons. But every once in a while, Taz will do something else. Every once in a while, D&D, that Critical Role will have a non-D&D one-off. Well, they'll play World of Darkness, or they'll play Call of Cthulhu, or they'll play Honey Heist, or Taz did Monster of the Week. Like, and you have these other people playing different games, and there are other streams. Um, There was a stream for On the Geek and Sundry uh, of Star Trek Adventures. There's been... RPG is uh, uh, streaming um, uh, stuff like that. So, and uh, just us at YAS, we're going to start streaming a Star Trek Adventures game uh, pretty soon. So, um, it's the diversity not only in the people, but the games being played. Because this is something else that I've said. Dungeons and Dragons might not be for you. And people who only play Dungeons and Dragons is their only RPG thing, and they think that's all there is. And then they're like, nah, RPGs aren't for me. And then I'm like, well, you know, Dungeons and Dragons can, especially, you know, not just the group that you're playing with. I'm like, but it can be pretty combat focused and it's very dice focused. And, you know, I'm like, well, what is your, I, I did this at a, at a party a few years ago, obviously a few years ago, because pandemic, somebody, I was talking to this couple and he was a big fan of critical role. And we were talking about D and D and stuff. And she was like, you know, I just never uh, thought about playing. And I don't think it'd be for me. And I was like, oh, is there something that you really like? Is there something that you really enjoy? And she's like, well, we were just kind of talking. And she said, oh yeah. And, and like Jane Austen novels. I said, oh, there's Austin RPG. And her face was like, what? I was like, yeah, it's a Jane Austen RPG. It's called Good Society. You don't use dice. You just, like, play as a character and, like, talk. And she's like, oh. and I was like, yeah, there's basically an RPG. Like, if there's a t- if there's something that you love, there's an RPG for you. You like dogs and cats? Go play Pugmire Monarchies of Mal. You like Star Wars? There's a bazillion Star Wars RPGs. You know, you like high fantasy or low fantasy or modern magic or you like the Dresden Files. there's a Dresden Files RPG. Like, there's something out there and it's going to have a play style for everybody. And um, so, this one say, I uh, want to say that's one reason what we try to do with our one shots is we've also done Monster of the Week, and we've done Slayers, and a bunch of other games that use different mechanics and um, different ways of telling stories. So, um, I really like seeing um, the the more established streams and podcasts doing other games, uh, especially if they're not by big publishers, if they are indie games. But also, if that if and if that makes more people interested in RPGs, then there's more people writing and being involved in RPGs, and they're writing cool new RPGs that I get to play. And I'm selfish like that, so I'm-
2: I still want to play eventually the Vampire Masquerade because I remember you telling us about like the whole thing that you had like created, and I was like, oh, I want this, this shelf <laughs> down here that I have on my RPG shelf, which I- is my white. World of Darkness shelf, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: want to play <laughs> that world so bad. You have no I will, idea. You really not- Adam and I met. Adam and I met in a World of Darkness campaign.
0: If you want, if you want to, yeah, I will bring back the Republic of uh, the Republic of Texas vampires. I
2: want they to want, play in that world so happen. bad. If you don't know, I did
0: a home. I did a home, uh, chronicle of Vampire the Masquerade for some friends, and um, and the way I had it work out was that there were. Uh, there was like basically a Republic, Texas was a Republic. It was separate from everything else in, in kindred society. And um, there were 12 regions uh, and include, there were regions in large cities and they each had, it wasn't a sheriff it was it representative and they were kind of elected. Da-da. And then there was those 12 and they would meet and they had one person that was like prime minister tie breaking. So it was 13. And, um, course my players didn't know this that till the very end of the chronicle when they went and met with this group and um but they're just bumbling bumfucking along and and austin going we're trying to find this and um but i was like no i have a i have a theory i have an idea i'm not we're not doing anarch or Camarilla. we're doing something different this is texas god damn it we're gonna be the republic of texas and that's what i said and i can do that because i'm the st um so yeah so if we if we want to do if we want to do worlds in which I get to bring back uh, Ephraim Ruiz uh I might have to invite the people some of the people that Aerie people Aerie played in that game so at the very least Aerie can bring her character back but I might have to invite I want to um, do it those original folks back and be like hey you guys want to play in this game
1: I, just want, I don't even want to play it play for you
0: I just
2: want to play
1: it I just want to play I don't want to play it for
0: you like, ask it. me about my vampire Great NPCs because oh boy are they a lot.
2: Yeah, I just like I don't I don't want to do it for y'all. I just want to play in it. Okay, that's it. Like,
0: <laughs> and the way that also uh, this brings back talking about World of Darkness is I generally try to incorporate my other two favorite World of Darkness games in any of the so anytime I'm doing like a vampire game there's going to be hints of werewolf and and changeling in there. Or I'm running a changeling game there's going to be hints of werewolf and vampire. If I'm running a werewolf game there's going to be hints of changeling and uh, vampire like. I'm like, eh, ah, mage, whatever. Mage the Ascension. Like, I legit the-
1: think this World. is why I liked Taz Dust so much because it was like the Wild West, but it had all of those yeah. like creatures in it. I have, just-
0: I have an entire also half a shelf that's basically just Savage Worlds because I've got Savage Worlds Rippers, I've got Savage Worlds Deadlands, I have
1: Savage World. We have a whole box of Palladium. Everybody I have Savage Worlds, I have
0: a Pirate Savage Worlds game. Um, which is really fun because it's very, it's lo- its no fantasy at all. It's just called Pirates of the Spanish Main. And you play as a human during the age of, the golden age of piracy. Like, there's no magic. You're not, there's no portals or whatever.
2: It's just, it's just history. Just that. You know, it yeah. really gets it's sad when no, we just do, like, true. we have just solely one shots. Because I'm like, these games.
1: <laughs> but hey, we get to return, we get a return to Haven's Rest. I and I'm know. excited about that. Yeah. Because
0: we were supposed to record that, oh, you know, this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, I called it as the DM because most of the players were in Texas. And I was like, I think most of us are going to have power back, but none of us knows what the water situation is. None of us have showered or slept really well. So I'm calling it, we're pushing that because I don't want a DM.
1: Uh, spoiler push- Mayhemmer is coming back. Yeah. They coming back back. We're excited because we love
2: exclusive too. You can only get it if you're a patron. Yes. So
1: patrons, she you can watch.
0: We'll be, yeah. be playing a new character in Haven's Rest that's going to shake things
1: up a little bit. Yep. So I'm yes. So I want to do my usual wrap up. Do your wrap up. Bullet points are: Matt Mercer is Matt Mercer. Griffin McElroy is Griffin McElroy. You are you. Um, like you, you do you. Like yeah. However, whatever your style is, that develop your own style and don't feel like you have to be. Anybody else? You yeah. can be inspired by, you can try new things, and that goes for players too.
0: Yeah, Laura Bailey um, is Laura Bailey. Travis yes. McElroy is Travis McElroy. You are you, and you are going to play a character that is unique to you. Not yep. don't try to play. And that's great,
1: him. and because remember we said how great diversity is, like. These people are already playing those characters. Those yeah. those characters are great. You'll play somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you
0: want to play a trope, if you want to play the trickster ter- cleric cl- trope, yeah, trope, you can totally so do Speaking, like, speaking to of trickster cleric, like,
2: yeah, Lars and I, like, humor, like, I did do trickster it, cleric tiefling it. once, but I played my character as a 14-year-old kid. And it worked great. I also did worship the traveler as well, but we made that into a whole thing where my brother and I were tricking people into work. Like, and to think, like, we would trick them with fake hair that wasn't actually the Travelers. So, right, you can be
1: inspired <laughs> by it. You could be like, I have never played that combination yeah, before, and I'm inspired to. But, but put your own spin on it. Two, yeah. two, don't just get sucked into one show. It might be your favorite show, and it's the one you invest the most time in. But go give some of these 20-odd shows that we have mentioned today. there, podcast
0: streaming YouTube they're out there and they're out there games. any number
1: like go just watch a few more um just yeah. to see the the diversity of play styles storytelling styles
0: some of them are gonna make you cry some of
1: them are gonna make
0: you do both there's gonna be so many different things out there
1: yeah and there's i, I want to okay. say so like nat 21 <laughs> adventures nat 21 adventures is like super fun for me because uh, they're on Twitch. and one of the things that you can do as a viewer is like when you do um, when you like do subscriptions or whatever, uh, there's different levels, and you actually get to as a as an outside observer, change the course of the game, which is totally whack to me. Um, so that like but that's what I mean. Like there's every show is doing their own thing, and it's great to see the diversity of play styles worlds because some people are doing straight up like homebrew campaigns, other people are playing I mean, modules. Cool. Right. So get 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 out. Get out of the box and go watch the You Don't make get
0: stuff. out physically because it's still a pandemic. Right. But go visit your friendly local game store, masked and stuff like that. But get out of your RPG box.
1: Right. Three use these as um no i think that was already one was use these as inspiration for trying something new and seeing what you like oh four z-man games i now very much want a pandemic rpg give it to me that was important Uh, all right it needed to be said (laughs) yep
2: And with that, um, we are at time.
1: Yes. Uh, Thank you, guys. I'm glad I ended on that very, very
2: important. Thank you, guys, so much for watching. Uh, We will see you all on Wednesday because we did not upload our new episode this past Wednesday. (laughs) I hadn't even started I've, I'm start, I've started editing it now but like that whole week
1: I couldn't even access my computer to edit So I want everybody to know that part of Annika's house is actually demolished Yes, now. yes
2: uh, my parents' bedroom our is house.
1: demolished
0: uh. I've pictures of this bedroom. So bedroom. Our neighbor, one
2: of our neighbors actually came over yesterday and brought us a chocolate cake because they saw the sheetrock in front of our house oh. So they, yeah, I didn't know our neighbors were nice
1: they that's always, the most friggin' Texas thing. They, they always thing, look at me though. really
2: funny because every time I go outside, I'm like in cosplay, like going to Ren fair oh, or something. Right. Like, that was most of the times they've seen me.
1: Hands down, though, that's the most friggin' Texas thing. Like, my neighbor's in trouble. I will make them a sheet cake. Yeah. And if you
0: put that Texas sheet cake with the pecan, the melted pecan, pecans, pecan's
1: on top. I.
0: I, I if you guys don't know. know what Texas sheet cake is, Google Texas sheet cake. It is. It, it is one of the best things that people loves to bake, but hates decorating because I'm not good at it. You literally leave the cake in the pan and pour the frosting on top. And it is amazing.
2: Yep. Uh, so, yeah next episode of our actual adventuring stuff will be wednesday and then that thursday and we are
1: recording we are recording our last of the portal arc right yes on the 28th on the so yeah on the 20th. that'll be it so this weekend will be Well, technically it'll be
2: today because this episode is going up on sunday so this will yeah. be yeah but so. we're recording
0: on the 28th and then after that the next thing that you will see uh, that next thing coming out of awesome, yas will be the star trek adventure with some different players
1: Yes, so. the the role of Tanya will be played by <laughs> Yeah, uh, the so role yeah. of Sarah
2: will be by me.
1: And still, yeah, still. Yeah, yep. uh,
2: we'll still we'll be doing another OOC next week to mm-hmm. wrap. Uh, up. We
1: will be, if I'm not mistaken, and I am so sorry, but time is super ephemeral right now, and it's been a hot mess. I'm pretty sure that next the OOC we will be talking with um, the D and D research people about. Um, uh, demographics. Yes. I think that's next week. Yeah, oh.
0: that next week is the fourth. Yep, that's next week.
1: Oh, okay, cool. so, so join we won't, us. We won't, we, will out. <laughs> we won't be talking about the
2: next episode.
1: We won't be talking about the next episode. Because everything's off now. The OC,
2: the next one, we'll be talking about both episodes, Then Both
1: episodes. Yeah. We'll cram a lot in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, All
2: right. I'm gonna go...
0: Um, I have to, like, do things like take a shower. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: So,
0: okay. you know... <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Uh, We'll see you all next week.